0: What's up, Passionate DJs, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm David Michael, and today we're talking with a special return guest, longtime contributor to the show. Kilma. Now, Kilma is coming back on the show today thanks to an interview that was performed by Mo Dingo. So as soon as I'm done with my little short bit of housekeeping here, I'm going to go ahead and turn the mic over to Mo and Kilma, where they're going to be talking uh, about some issues in the EDM and DJ industry, music industry at large, specifically as it pertains to non-male DJs. Kilma is a DJ, producer, a writer, a content creator, a mother, and a plant lover. And we always love having her perspective here on the show, uh, especially when it comes to different issues in the industry that some of us may otherwise be blind to. We really appreciate her perspective on this kind of stuff. Before we get over to that conversation, just a couple of quick reminders of some things that Passionate DJ has to offer. Now if you are a new DJ, or you're just kind of dipping your toes in the water, you're thinking of becoming a DJ, check out my guide on how to become a DJ. Just go to passionatedj.com slash dj and it's not a very intense tutorial. It basically will just hold your hand through nine steps of how to get started on your journey, kind of learning what DJs do, the different types of DJs there are, the different approaches to it, and uh, so on. So it's a very top-level view, very easy introduction into DJing. And since it's first uh, version that I made way back in 2013, it's helped thousands of DJs just like you to get their start, so go and check that out. You can also check out our merch. If you're a supporter of Passionate DJ and you want to show some love, head over to PassionateDJ.com slash merch and, uh, you know, rep the fam. I also want to quickly plug our YouTube and Instagram channels. Head on over to YouTube.com slash Passionate DJ and look up Passionate DJ on your Instagram app. Make sure you give us a follow. We are trying to get those follows up. It really does make a difference. If you're already a follower on those platforms, uh, go ahead and uh, you know maybe get in there and start commenting. Let us know what you think about some of the content that we're making. Uh, finally, I want to talk about the Passionate DJ community group on Facebook. The easiest way to get there is by going to passionatedj.com slash community. It'll forward you right to the group. It'll ask you a couple of quick questions just to make sure you're a human, and then we'll let you in. And uh, we'll be able to uh, further the conversation, whether you have questions about DJing, you just want to share your setup, um, or you want to be involved in the conversation when it comes to episodes of the podcast. Uh, So with all of that out of the way, uh, I'm really proud to invite my friend Kilma back on the show and give a special shout out to the homie Modingo for putting this together. Thank you so much. And I'm going to turn it over to them. Take care.
1: what up passionate dj nation it is your boy mo dingo and we are going to cut right to the chase i have a fan friend you know og you know supporter of passionate dj podcast on the show for women's history month and we'll just dive right in here i got kilma on the zoom call with me kilma what's up
2: Hello, hello, how are you? are you? Do you have beautiful weather over there as well?
1: Uh, it's nice and sunny finally, but it's still a little chilly. It's uh it, Today it got up to about 60, so you know I still got a little sweater on. But uh, no, nah, it's way better than it was two weeks ago because that groundhog, he wasn't playing around.
2: Yeah. It's nice out here. It's funny how like as it's warming up out here, we're just like in shirts and sweaters like immediately. And then as soon as fall comes, everyone's back in their jacket. And it's mm. like, the same temperature.
1: well but it's different because the leaves are falling now
3: Mm -hmm, you know mm
1: -hmm. and it's pumpkin spice time you know and i'm i'm a pretty basic dude so like i'm all about you know that pumpkin spice season that's the next thing i'm looking forward to yeah (laughs) um so for those of uh, us out there that haven't maybe come across you on our show or what you're on the uh, dj network and where else you're at you're all over the place
2: I feel like there was probably like a very big gap in time for that just because, you know, <laughs> 2020. Yeah. But yeah, it's starting, everything's starting to roll out again. We're almost at summer. People are like, oh yeah, <laughs> life goes on. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, short on me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm a DJ that helps DJs uh, with my content online. I've got blogs, I've got podcasts, I've done interviews um, with. An assortment of DJs and producers in the scene. I worked with um, Distracting News for uh, quite some time. We did loads of interviews. We did uh, an Ask Kelma series where people sent me questions um, and the Kelma brand is all about finding ways to deal with Um, sometimes vibe killing situations in the industry and they can range from the business side to the relationships we have and how they affect our career and yeah I feel like it's been such a long time since I've done (laughs) these I'm like what do I do again
1: (laughs) (laughs) and where can they find you out on social media
2: Uh, so basically all my social medias are uh, at Kilma Music Mm -hmm. Uh, website com, and now we are all on Twitch, so it's also don't kill a vibe.
1: And are you still doing good vibes tribe?
2: Um, the the good vibe DJ crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, we switched it up a little bit, and yeah, so I'm still putting out uh, vlog com- content on my own uh, website. Tricks and tips for DJs, um, and there's definitely uh, quite a focus on like managing time and. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, the relationships that we're dealing with, not only like our intimate relationships or with our kids, but maybe some of the business relationships we're trying to uh, foster or maybe let go and move on to the next thing in our career. So Mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there.
1: So uh, like I said earlier, you know, it is Women's History Month. And, you know, we wanted to celebrate, you know, all those women in our lives, you know, specifically women in the music industry and DJs even more specifically. And that's why we, you know, so very thankful that you came on and decided to be part of this with us and just kind of conversations that we've had back and forth over the years. A lot. One thing we always tend to talk about is just the state of, you know, the state of DJing as it pertains to women. You know, I hate saying, you know, female DJs, you know, because DJs are DJs, right? At least they should be in my opinion, but you've always been very, Um, helpful for me, before I even met you when I was a listener on the show, helped me to better work on how I can be more aware of my inherent biases about women in the DJ space. So let's talk about that. Women in the DJ space.
2: Yeah, gosh, there are so many of us and it's so wild when we're having these conversations and I start naming off uh, DJs and people are like, what? I, I didn't know there were so many women in music mm-hmm. it's like what is that about why don't we know about all these different women in music because when it comes to pop culture we know about loads of women uh singers and mm-hmm. uh bands out there so it, it is already it's interesting to me because I feel like DJing is maybe a little bit easier than you know picking up the drums or like guitar or even singing like i can't sing um i don't know how people have such crazy inflection in our their voices but then we've got the djing realm where uh yeah people are just a little surprised when they're like what i didn't know about her i didn't know about this person um i didn't know there were so many women in my city that play music or produce music
1: why do you think that is that uh like you said, you know, we, we know uh, female singers, we know female musicians, but why is it you think there's a, for lack of better phrasing, maybe a blind spot when it comes to female DJs?
2: Uh, maybe because when they are on lineups, it's one as opposed to a majority of women and then maybe a guy or two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just even though there's plenty of us to choose from, uh, maybe it's just the habit of, the boys club. Maybe it's the habit of like, we're just booking our friends. Maybe it's um, people just not taking the time to do their homework and see who is out there and ask questions. Uh, I don't necessarily put the fault on it on any one individual. Uh, But I mean, as DJs, when we're creating playlists and we're trying to get new music and something unique and interesting to keep the dance floor going, Um, sometimes it's like, why aren't we kind of looking to see who else in our industry are up and comers and what they're doing Because I think it's probably just more, uh, maybe an individual thing, just people not looking for it. They don't Mm -hmm. expect to look for it. Um, they don't expect it, the representation out there, um, but yeah we exist we're here <laughs> maybe we're not putting ourselves out in the ways that you were expecting so you just you also didn't find us so yeah
1: when you say expecting like can you kind of dig into that just a little bit
2: well um i think we might have talked about this before just you know if you go on a search engine and you look for uh women dj or female djs you mm-hmm. will often find like the very uh sexualized like playboy bunny dj Mm -hmm. which is fine but you know just like predominantly that Mm -hmm. uh thanks google (laughs) (laughs)
3: um
2: when clearly uh the majority of us are not marketing ourselves that way Mm -hmm. so i guess it depends on what the individual is looking for what they're clicking on first or what search engines they're looking for or what um what keywords they're using to find it Mm -hmm. Um, and also uh, how people are promoting themselves online. So uh, I know a lot of women in music do not like using hashtags or any tags that say female DJ because, you know, they don't want to be found because they're female. They want to be found because they are a DJ, but it's also a tool people could potentially use that might not be using it because they don't want to be associated with a certain look. So
1: so a couple things on that when you say mm-hmm. you know the reluctance to use that hashtag female dj, do people in positions that can hire female dJs? do you think they use that maybe as a tool? Oh yeah, to, to search out female DJs and maybe that's those two things are not lining up correctly. and when you know if I'm a promoter and I don't know any female dJs, mm-hmm. I'm in I'm not well connected, you know, and I need to book some uh some warm-up artists in a city that I'm not familiar with and I might Google female DJs in you know uh, Columbia, South Carolina and then if there's female DJs that feel a certain way about using the hashtag, is that I don't, I don't know if that's anybody's fault. maybe that's just an issue of education uh, evolving thought processes.
2: Yeah, I understand the hesitation behind it. But again, like it's it's this tool. And sometimes people are looking for that because they are like, we need a diverse lineup. We need people of color. We need people that play this kind of music. We need more women. We need more queer people. Like sometimes people are legitimately looking to diversify their lineup and they're using these. Hashtags and keywords, because that's all they know to do. As opposed to, you know, maybe reaching out to people within their community to be like, "Hey, what women in music do you know?" Mm -hmm. Um, So, if somebody is hesitant to use that those terms, and that's what a specific, um, you know, like you are, maybe it's a corporate thing, right? And you've got uh, a specific clientele, so you would prefer to have uh, a woman. Uh, running it like i i when i'm doing corporate stuff i'm often like in a beauty boutique or like a um you know like in a mall and they're doing makeovers or Mm -hmm. what have you and they're like yeah we like we we want a woman to be playing for this and also we want to support women Mm -hmm. uh so is that good
1: or bad though to try and say well i want a female dj for this particular environment is that okay i'm I'm asking legitimately
2: yeah um, i don't know uh I think it depends. Um, I can say for me, I don't feel comfortable when I am booked for an all female lineup by maybe like a straight white guy that's using it as marketing to get people in his club. And ladies are free, and ladies are free because they want the guys to come in to ex- <laughs> hoping to that there's going to be. Yeah. So it's like stuff like that makes me feel uncomfortable. Clubs that do that make me feel uncomfortable <clears> in general. Um, so there are times and spaces where I'm like, yeah, I feel good about this. And other times where I don't, um, it's such an individual thing. And I have so many questions that people do that. Like some people, they're like, we really want to have you because we want to support more women. Um, great. Awesome. But like, don't celebrate yourself for celebrating women. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just
1: one of those things where it's like, you're looking at the intention behind the desire to Mm -hmm. have a female lineup.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what's the vibe I'm getting off this person? Is it creepy? Is it feel supportive? Um, Like I work for Lex Life Sound and they do the corporate events and it's an all-female lineup across Canada and they work with all these corporate gigs um, or these these corporations that are um, looking for DJs and they just happen to have all women. So if if they look for a company, they're going to find this type of company. They're going to see that, okay, this is our lineup. And, you know, that's a lovely way where we're all professionally um, promoted. And also we have like, we have people behind this company that are making sure that these folks are not creepy and Mm. their, um, their intentions are well, yeah. And people are getting paid and it's going to be a great opportunity. So um yeah there are ways in which you can utilize these tags there are ways in which i think that you can have these gigs and they can be a positive experience but yeah you kind of have to scout them out sometimes because over the years especially as a new dj you might um you know fall into these things where they're like we are having a lingerie party and we want all of y'all you know, fine ladies to DJ our events and your lingerie and like, Mm -hmm. Hey, if you want to do that, awesome. But like, if you don't feel good about the people that are putting on the events and you, then that's also understandable.
1: (laughs) And I I went in, so I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to reach back to something else you just previously mentioned. You are talking about the sexualization of female DJs and I'm saying that specifically because I don't, I can't really think of too many times, except for maybe in Vegas where I've seen a dude DJing and he's in a speedo or something where oftentimes like you say you do that google search and it's a very uh it's a female dj scantily clad maybe um or hypersexualized. Yeah. um is there anything wrong with that uh, for the for the artist and for the person promoting that
2: i think that if the artist wants to promote themselves that way and they Mm -hmm. feel comfortable and confident. Yeah. All the power to you. Mm -hmm. Um, If they are feeling pressured into doing that and they don't feel comfortable doing that, but the people that they look up to are like, Hey, you know, this is just the way it goes. That, that sucks. That sucks to be in that position, but I think you should be able to promote and market yourself. However you feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and confident. And I know women that do that and, like they're badasses, they're producers, they're DJs, they're, Mm -hmm. uh, they're amazing human beings. And they're still standing their ground. They're still like, Hey, I'm going to take the show or I'm not going to take the show because I don't feel respected. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, all the power to the artists to promote yourself the way you want to. And people that have an issue with that, I would really um, question like, what's that belief system about? And how many artists do you listen to um that are utilizing like the sexuality of women to sell their brand but you're okay with it because they're a dude and it's not them it's like it's just them objectifying women Mm -hmm. so it's like you really kind of have to ask yourself why am i okay with a guy doing this using women this way why am i not okay with a woman making a decision about how she wants to market herself (laughs)
1: So, and I I feel like there's a double-edged sword to that because, you know, like you just stated, you know, for, for some women, it's empowering. You you stand your ground. You're still making sure you're getting – your riders are filled. You're getting booked, you know, and you're getting paid appropriately. But what is the unintended consequence of that DJ promoting themselves in that manner? And I'm not I'm, I'm not picking a side here. I'm just asking the question, you know, does, does that help? Does it hurt? Um, what is – you know, I, I know you can only speak for yourself, but – is there a perception around DJs that hypersexualize themselves?
2: So, does it hurt? Does it help? Uh, people represent themselves and nobody else. If,
3: mm-hmm.
2: if some white dude does something, does he represent all white dudes? No. If some mm-hmm. like person of color does something, do they represent all people of color? No. Like you represent yourself. Mm-hmm. So, if you look at one woman doing something that you don't like and you say, "Oh, she's giving me a bad name," no. <laughs>
1: she's giving herself a bad name
2: she or 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 she's not Mm. but like if that that's just your perception of what you think is right or wrong that they do not represent you and they do not represent a group of people they represent themselves and there are definitely artists out there where uh i was very judgmental and i looked at what they were doing i'm like oh that that that's not a great idea and then you know years later Learning, educating myself, and realizing—wait a second—where did that thought process come from? Where, why is it I looked at what somebody was doing, and suddenly, um, what they were doing was wrong in my eyes, and I couldn't respect them?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and obviously, don't feel like that anymore. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think what one person does in their life the way they represent their brand necessarily represents everybody else so it'd be ridiculous
3: <laughs> That's okay.
1: my awesome no thank you for sharing because yeah. you know I have a daughter uh, I want her to uh, grow up to be proud of who she is whatever she chooses to do and so like these things you, they, they loom in, in the back of my brain you know as a father as a DJ you know as a husband as a son you know, so like these things are, are night are good for me to hear because I wanna make sure that I'm not putting uh my lens on my daughter. Like if she wants to go, you know, wear a bikini and DJ at, at a massive party, you know, but she worked hard to get that party, like I can't go, you know, as a dad and run out there with a beach blanket and cover her up and you know and bust up her set, you know, because that's my lens, you know, and I just have to love and support her for whatever she decides to do.
2: And how many people go to music festivals? and it's super hot outside and they take their shirt off mm-hmm. like guys are shirtless at festivals all the time playing their dj sets nobody says anything mm-hmm. but you know put a bikini top on someone and maybe we should start putting bikini tops on guys maybe that'll There you
1: go maybe that'll solve the problem <laughs> so speaking of the problem can you kind of tell me like how what is what is the problem you know what is what's the challenge what's the disconnect what, what you know tell, t- just tell me about the problem itself With female djs you know in in the culture
2: that's a really great question uh so i'll back it up a little bit um when i'm reading self-help books like the one percent that small percentage of people that are doing really really well in an industry and you start researching them and what they're doing and what that's about it's really interesting because you start to learn all of these different tricks and tips and habits that you can pick up and it's wonderful and it's great. But sometimes people look at the 1% and they think to themselves, oh, it's such a small amount of people make it. What makes me think I can? Well, what happens when you start looking at the people that are super successful? And sometimes what I think the issue is, is the perception. We make these assumptions about how we think the industry is going to uh, treat us based on our gender, based on our race, we, based on where we live. We just start making all of these assumptions about why we can't, as opposed to why we can and how we're going to. Or maybe I don't know the how, but I know I'm capable of it. Mm-hmm. So or willing um, to
1: to hustle hard enough to achieve that.
2: Yeah, yeah, whatever that might be, I will figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me when I was growing up in the industry, I never thought it was going to be difficult because I was a woman. I never thought it was going to be easy because I was a woman. I did hear a few people say like both of those things to me. And I, it it just blew my mind. I'm like, what? (laughs) Like it it was just, why would
1: that matter? Yeah. Because
2: I just did not grow up in a world where that was pushed on me. Like it, like it really mattered. Um, but there was definitely, um, you know, the fact that, okay, no, I won't go that direction yet. So (laughs) (laughs) thoughts get into my thing. So, um, sometimes what I think the issue might be is the perception of the individual. So if a woman thinks it's going to be difficult and starts making up a bunch of excuses, which is something anybody could do, and mm-hmm. a lot of people do. The self-fulfilling um, prophecy. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And it's really interesting because when I think about the people that said, "Like, what makes you think you can?" When I haven't, it was also mm-hmm. like they—they they were. They're men. internalizing
1: it. Yeah, yeah they were I-, I couldn't have been success. I-, I wasn't successful, so how could you possibly be yeah. successful?
2: So even though there might not be as many women in the industry, it would seem like those of us that are here are doing really well. And I think maybe one of the reasons is because we work together. We find our crew of people that are supportive, that are validating and we push one another and we encourage one another. Um, You can find that within a lot of different communities. Um, I notice uh the more women the more queer like the more diverse our lineup started getting like within the city the more you noticed a lot of those folks gravitating towards one another and boosting each other and throwing parties where oh just happened to be all women and non-binary folks mm-hmm. oh just happened to be like we, we didn't promote it as such it just was the,
1: the tribe congregated on its yeah
2: own. yeah so um I think a lot of it has to do with perception of what we think we're capable of as individuals. Um, I don't think it's impossible. I do think um, it's, there's some parts of it that are slow to change. And it also depends where you live. Like there are, there are parts of the world where it's just, it's not heard of for women to be doing this in music, let alone, traveling by themselves or
1: driving or going to university or things like that. Yeah,
2: exactly. So, um, depending on where you live, this might be more shocking (laughs) than other places. Uh, and I mean, I know we're, we're going to talk a bit about it, but I think things like, uh, circumstances like the pandemic may have hit some of us a little harder than Mm -hmm. others um because unfortunately we are so slow behind of like closing that gap um that a lot of folks that were working and gigging uh are now at home taking care of the kids or mm-hmm. schooling them or you know their jobs aren't really considered essential so
3: mm-hmm.
2: new challenges working from home
1: mm-hmm. What having to you? uh all of a sudden uh, be a tutor for your child when you haven't been to school in you know 20 years maybe
2: and math is not the same apparently <laughs> and it's still it was not my strong suit
1: <laughs> yeah if, if i have to count past four like i'm done you know as a, that's why i love djing because i could count four to four on one hand
0: <laughs> All right, we'll get back to Mo's interview with DJ producer Kilma here shortly. I quickly want to share a few things coming down the road from us here at Passionate DJ. First, keep an eye out for an extended scratch performance from a last episode's guest, Spare Change. Now, if you missed that episode, be sure to go back and watch it and gain some insight from a real competition turntable list. We also have an exclusive Soulful House music set coming to our YouTube channel, which comes courtesy of the one and only ike b we wanted to show another side of ike's djing so watch for that coming soon and also on our youtube channel right now you can watch my coverage of the latest updates to the denon prime players engine os 1.6 brings some great new features including dropbox integration and a very nice dual waveform view so be sure to check that out as well All right, now let's get back to our interview with Kilma as we listen to this lovely bit of house music that she put together. This track is called My Love. Back to Kilma.
3: But uh,
1: speaking of that article, um, it's an article that I dug up and it's called Stuck at Home Moms, The Pandemic. Uh, de- the pandemic's devastating toll on women it's from npr and um i'll have david put a link in the description to this article but one of the astounding things that i saw in there and that i share with kilma is that uh women were four times more likely to not return to the workforce than men and it's stated factors is like uh they called it the the mom premium is that what it was or the um the mom penalty
3: yes
1: where um You know, mom generally is the one that is the quote caregiver. Um, Usually if there's two, you know, and I'm just speaking in broad general terms, so please don't crucify me in the comment section. But generally, if two parents are working and, uh, you know, and a child gets sick, well, mom usually takes care of it. Uh, Mom, you know, is is the maternal, the the cheerleader, the one that is always there to support. And dad is usually the one out there in the front. You know, bringing home money to, to make all this happen, and uh, the article talks specifically about circumstances where, well, what happens when the the mother makes is is the higher wage earner, and and it was kind of uh, concerning to think of it in that respect. You know, look, you know, for me, all my children are grown. You know, they're out of the house, but that's not the case for everybody. Uh, and I argue that most. A, I, I, you know, as far as female DJs, like how many of them had to take a hiatus or a break because they decided to have children? You know, for me, I took a large gap because I had children, and that was all—that um, was a personal choice. You know, I, I, my life as a DJ, I decided needed to stop until and, and focus on my children and being a father because this was something brand new, and I was terrified. And it wasn't until I believe my oldest was about. 14 or 15 when I finally decided to get back into it. Uh, but I, but I I chose to make that sacrifice in some circumstances, there might not be a choice. You know, if, if mom was a DJ again, speaking in generalizations, please don't crucify me. But so, you know, can, you know, can you talk a little bit about the things you saw in that article and, and, and how that impacts women too, because it impacts women differently than men
2: yeah impacts women differently impacts people of color differently um we live in canada we are lucky in the sense that we got our stimulus checks almost immediately and what was really interesting is that a lot of folks were making more money on those serb payments than they were at work
3: mm-hmm.
2: um because you were working part-time minimum wage and then trying to pay the daycare bill. <laughs> and now you are the daycare and you're at home and you're making that that cash. So um, for some folks, it gave them like next to no reason to go back to work um, when things did start opening. Um, for some folks, because their jobs weren't open, they didn't get um, the childcare that they needed. Because they couldn't afford or they didn't they weren't going back to work. So well, now but, it's not uh, available before, the,
1: before we started recording like you were saying they were limited spots too for daycare Yeah, right? like
2: my my guy is only in there for a couple of days a week because another family um, Needed three days and they only had the two days left and I wasn't even at work yet. I'm like whatever I'll take it mm-hmm. because sanity (laughs) and uh and then i did end up picking up a part-time job um yeah it's you know it was so anxiety driven for me because i had been on maternal leave for a couple of years Mm -hmm. and finally we got him in daycare and finally i you know could get back into the workforce and i was like oh my gosh being out in public talking to humans Mm -hmm. not having this tiny human constantly on me like this is this is amazing
1: by the way i loved all the videos of him running around like butt naked and things like that and you're just sitting there like with this look on your face of just distress because i've been there and every anybody that's a parent has been there and it was just kind of cool to see like in a new social media driven world like the the growing pains of becoming a parent of a tiny human
2: oh yeah and then like with the live streams because like those are your dj gigs now mm-hmm. he comes home with my my husband comes home and kid runs to me i'm still doing the live stream mm-hmm. jumps on me and like are you peeing on me right now
1: <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i think i was watching that one
2: <laughs> yeah love the mix hubbard and piss <laughs> And so, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. That mm-hmm. was, was, was cool, cool, um, cool, Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I miss DJ gigs. I miss, <laughs> <laughs> I miss other adults. Uh, but yeah, the sanity that comes with being outside of the home, away from the tiny humans, Um We were really lucky, my husband could keep working. Um, They didn't have tons of work for him uh, in the beginning because a lot of stuff got shut down. However, because he's in carpentry, um, he was able to pick up other side gigs to kind of supplement those wages. And uh, yeah, I was just at home kind of losing it. Also, like when things were so locked down, it was like, I was going to the local drugstore just because multiple times yeah yeah to
1: get out of the house yeah but also i think one of the highlights of yeah my my peep into your pandemic life was the day you just decided to wear your wedding dress
2: yeah that was like early on too (laughs) yeah it did not take long for that that was not easy to get into
1: (laughs) and it's funny because a friend of mine She just recently got married and just randomly one day she's like is there ever a time where you can just wear your wedding dress i was like as a matter of fact let me tag you in a post because a friend of mine did
2: (laughs) well i don't know how it's been for you but i know for me not working not Mm -hmm. being able to go anywhere um being stuck with the little guy i don't like saying stuck but i i keep saying it um Mm -hmm at home safe with my t- child mm-hmm. it's it really like it messed with me and i did not dj for months i did not record content i like i had recorded a bunch of content and then i didn't want to release it because i didn't feel like i was in that head space
3: mm-hmm.
2: um and yeah i talked to a lot of parents that again were like at home one of my good friends um her husband was working from home Mm-hmm. But he couldn't help because he had he it was, was doing yeah. yeah, and so it's like that the frustration of somebody is literally upstairs and you really want to tag out, mm-hmm. but you can't,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, and yeah, so many different interesting dynamics uh, going on, and so yeah, um, I could definitely see how this affected a lot of women because there is still a huge gap in pay, and if child care is gone and you have to hold the school. The mm-hmm. person making the most money is going to work.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like even if, even if they maybe don't like my husband would love to stay home. Mm-hmm. He, he is, he would love to parents, um, but the finances just don't they allow for them. that. Yeah.
1: And, and even something uh, that some of our listeners might, might not be aware of is like in Canada, you guys have socialized medicine too. So that the burden of that, wasn't incumbent upon you being employed right
2: yeah no um it would there are there were some interesting downsides um just because like they canceled surgeries they mm-hmm. canceled a lot of Uh, procedures and i know in the beginning they weren't allowing for massage osteopath and i was Mm -hmm. dealing i was my chronic pain was coming back and Mm -hmm. i'm like oh no
1: yeah this is not good and in the united states that was a huge concern for a lot of people that were you know have uh, pre-existing conditions and you know struggling to make their health insurance premiums and if your income is cut out and you can't Uh, pay for your insurance, you can't take care of whatever your, your physical or medical challenges are. And then, you know, let's throw in, you know, like you were just saying the self isolation, things like that, no human contact, you know, and then your mental health starts to suffer, you know, and I think we all became uh, very aware of the importance of self care over the past, you know, 30 months or so.
2: And isn't it wild because we talk about the importance of mental health in the DJ industry. Mm so often. We've been talking about it for
1: a long time yeah. before all this happened. Yes. And I think because we collectively as DJs, you know, saw things, you know, I think one of the things that happened most recently uh, was Avicii's passing, you know, and people hearing his story. And I think for the newer wave of DJs, uh, that's probably the hardest hitting thing that happened that made them even start to really think about their self-care. When us older cats were like, hey man, you gotta take care of yourself because you can only do this for so long. And yeah, 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 whatever. And then something like that happened. And I think it really got some attention.
2: We lost so many amazing DJs and producers this year. I don't know about like you guys, but not only just locally, but like, oh, so many people taking their lives or you know, they're isolated at home and they're not really partying safe. They don't have testing sites and mm-hmm. they're struggling mm-hmm. and it's really sad and unfortunate. And it's, it's gonna be really eye-opening when we're able to look at all of this information, look at how this is affecting mental health, how this is affecting women, how this is affecting people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, how are we gonna do differently next time? Mm-hmm. That's for sure.
1: Um, uh, uh, when things start to open back up, I believe it's going to be really interesting what the mm-hmm. scene looks like um, when things get when we get green lighted for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but one touchback on something you said yes. about perception, um, and the and so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off, but we you know we all have so much time, and I just want, there's so many things I want to cover. But you know who knows maybe we'll do a part two. Um, but one of the things that uh, you said about perception. <laughs> is uh and so the question i had about that how is the actual perception of what the problem is different from the reality of the actual problem itself like for me as a, as a cis male uh that just happens to be a minority like i i think the problem is x but it because i'm not a female i don't get to see it through the lens of a female so how is that different
2: yeah, that's hard because it's it would be such an individual perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, how is the reality different? Well, it, I guess I would ask, what is your reality on it? Like, what's your perspective on it?
1: And for me, I can only go by my uh, yes. my scene here in yeah. Dayton. You know, within the past, I'll say five years. And we have a handful of female DJs Um, but I have seen spatterings of women who want to become DJs start to kind of show up and be heads you know at, at the at these you know the the weeklies that we have and and lineups and such but with the pandemic it's like it kind of shut all that down because I was starting to learn who these people were and get their social media bios and kind of follow them and then now they've all sort of dispersed because they had to go pay bills, just like most people did, but so I guess from the perception aspect, you know, it's, I guess it's relative to the person, but I'm one of those people that I try and help people the best I can, but I know as you know, the road to hell is sometimes paved with, with good intentions. So what are some things that people in your experience have tried to do to help that actually weren't really beneficial?
2: Uh, think, sometimes people think they're helping you when they are telling you not to get your hopes up high. Sometimes they think they're helping you to not uh, feel so disappointed by telling you that what you're doing probably isn't going to happen. Um, that's, that's not helpful. Uh, what, <laughs> what people need... I think is, that extends beyond chapter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like my perception of it was that anything was possible. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is anything is possible. You have to work your ass off Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why I just go back to the point of saying that it's such an individual thing. There is definitely the negative self-talk where sometimes I will be like, Oh, I don't know if I'm actually smart enough for this, but if I ask myself, why do I think that it's because of something that happened in my childhood, right? Like
3: mm-hmm.
2: something that I saw, I, we talked about this a little bit on like a recent vlog that I did, which mm-hmm. uh, i it was feel on like, Friday. I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm like unlocking all these like old memories that I, uh, I didn't even think about because you're watching these podcasts and you're learning about th- the self-talk and what that's really about for individuals. And I just like went back to this old memory um, of my mom, who I care about so deeply, uh, talking about how she was just too old to like be able to accomplish the things that she wanted to. She just wasn't smart enough, and she didn't think she was smart enough because she didn't have the schooling. And even though I knew that was bullshit a part of me subconsciously took that on and was like, Oh yeah, I didn't go to secondary school. Like I don't have like some university degree. And, um, even though there are so many, there's so much evidence in my life where I learned about things that, um, when it's like, I'm talking to a healthcare provider and I'm asking them about a study or I'm asking them about a potential treatment that they've never heard of or oh that's super interesting i'm going to look more into that and then the next time i see them they're like thanks for mentioning that to me i learned this that and the other thing it's like Mm -hmm. i'm not smarter than them you're not like and they have information that i don't have but together we can collaborate and so this perception of your capabilities just because you don't know everything about what there is to be you know a dj or a producer it doesn't mean you cannot figure it out, but sometimes we have this negative self-talk, especially as women, because it is so predominant in advertising and what we see our parents doing. Because like I said before, like we're still so slow to catch up to like close that gap. And to this day, even though like, you know, I have these family members and friends that I so dearly care about and they're amazing human beings they still say some dumb shit (laughs) especially like you know like to my kid when when he's like being super rambunctious and they're like oh boys no it's not a boy thing it's Mm -hmm. a kid thing this is just where he's at right now and um i was like that i was like him i was trying to break out of the house like my husband was (laughs) too like it's not a boy thing it's not a girl thing um it just this is where this individual is at. And I think we need to stop, um, uh, pushing out our perception of reality. And which is a big reason why, again, when people around me were saying like, it's going to be hard or it's going to be easy. And this is why I'm like, what are you talking about? Nobody has ever said any of that to me before. Um, Yeah, I don't know if that's really answering that question. No, but
1: it also leads to this white paper that you you provided me that was written by uh, Maureen Hancock about uh, female DJs in Canada and the token, uh, quote, uh, gimmicky uh, use of female DJs. And it said in the article that at once you were told by a promoter that you needed to dress sexy in order to get gigs. Um, Is that true? In your experience?
2: So I definitely had people... Uh, tell me that if I dress sexy, I would get more gigs. I also had people tell me if I dress sexy, people wouldn't take me seriously, and I picked up on that. If you look at my old uh, like drum and bass promo shoots, you will see I wore the high top kicks, I wore the baggy pants, I wore the baggy shirt, even though. Like, I dressed like a freaking Spice Girl <laughs> all their high school. Like I and it to me, it was never a sexual thing. It was just a fashion thing. It was just this fun thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but I heard that and I'm like, ooh, I like ta- I like being taken seriously. How can I be taken seriously? Yeah, I like that idea. Oh, I got to dress this way. Cool. No problem. Guess what? It didn't didn't matter. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
2: People still hit on you, people still didn't take you seriously. And yeah, like closer to the rebrand into Kilma. as that progression was coming. I was like, I'm going to dress however the frick I want to dress mm-hmm. whenever. Mm-hmm. Wear makeup, don't wear makeup, do my hair, don't do my hair. I'll, I'll smell fresh all the time, but
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> you just get I just got to the point where it's like it, it is whatever I want it to be. And the only, the, I'm just going to attract the people and the vibes that I want to attract Mm -hmm. and if somebody's being creepy or weird that's on them Mm
1: -hmm. So. so as far as like you being in the game how has that changed for for women uh during your your time in this space
2: uh me too movement call out culture uh when I was growing up in the industry the shit that happened to me would not fly like screenshot picture you post that up they're done. There are multiple things that happen to me within the industry that if I called out that person, like game over, Mm -hmm. Um, I choose not to because it doesn't benefit me. Um, It doesn't, that that might not even be like the person that they are anymore.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, And also I think we need to focus on uh, behavioral changes. Like this behavior is not okay instead of just avoiding one person. So what I've seen throughout the years is, you know, all this crappy stuff would happen. People don't want to acknowledge it, or they just like laugh it off as a joke to you will be canceled. If you, uh, you know, post the wrong internet meme at this point, or they find a tweet from 16 years ago that they don't like. So that aspect of it has changed, uh, accountability wise. Um, the, some of the positives that I've seen are more collectives of women working together, women, queer, non binary folks getting together in collaboration in, um, like, Girls on Decks, for example. They've been running for years. Mollify, um, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. And we just did. A,
1: yeah, tell a, us a little bit about that, that yeah. you did on International Women's Day.
2: Yeah, we did a, a live stream from 12 to 12. Uh, a bunch of uh, women um, played on it and you always see what's going on in the back end, right? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm having trouble starting my live stream. Can you go like a little bit longer? Oh, my camera's suddenly not working. Can somebody like step in and like a set and Mollify were we we're just like, don't sweat it. We got you. We'll figure this out. You know, we'll jump online. I'll help you over here. We'll raid over when, when the time is ready. There's just positive flowing, helped each other. And I mean, I see that all the time within the industry with like, especially among, uh, women and non-binary folk, but just the cool, cool, calm collectiveness was so lovely because like Mm. in my head, I would be freaking out, but that response was so helpful. And sometimes a lot of the times
3: so
2: <laughs> when I'm working in groups, uh, you know, sometimes the guys get a little heated
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you're like, so let's find a solution. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's do the solution thing. So uh, I think that sometimes we're a little bit more well equipped because we have been told it's okay to have emotions. It's okay to fuck up. It's okay to go to therapy. Like it's just like a lot of these things mm-hmm. are more normalized um so when we are in these situations it seems like we're we're lifting each other up
1: so uh, we're we men m- might not ever been told it's okay to make a mistake yeah oh, yeah interesting,
2: maybe interesting. yeah um it, it depends how you grew up not obviously like some guys are like just like garous. so like when he was doing emotion and there's like a tornado warning. And I'm just like, dude is so chill. And he's like, "Mm, it's what it is. Can't control weather. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, there's definitely like lots of cool cats out there like that. But the just that community, it just so lovely. Um, And it just it doesn't feel like drama. And like, we just we, we've we been told that women are drama and then we're like here we are like just lifting each other up and fucking getting shit done and mm. yeah, it's it's a beautiful experience.
1: So what is it you would like to see? Like if you have your magic wand in the next three to five years, what are some things you want to see uh, happen in, in the space?
2: Uh, I would love to see more opportunities like workshops and classes where folks can feel comfortable and confident to learn. Um, And sometimes that does mean um, women, non-binary, two-spirit folk specific workshops. So they can just uh, hammer in and focus on, you know, learning music production or DJing. Um, And also I'd love to see more of that for younger folks as well. So that again, like it's just normalized early on, I was before everything got shut down doing some workshops uh, for youth in the area at the community centers. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was like, one of the things that was mentioned during the interviews was like, we want to normalize uh, women in music, uh, teaching and like gives these young girls the opportunity to see that they're capable Mm -hmm. and also the boys to see this is totally normal. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it stops being like, Oh my God, a girl. And starts being like, cool DJ. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Um, So yeah, normalizing it by having workshops like that for young folks, having more um, workshops right now for women and uh, you know, bringing it up to the point where nobody is, Surprise when you tell them you're a producer, unless like maybe you're eight,
1: eight years old. <laughs> like yeah, I was made it, that. Was <laughs> it Garrix? He was promote. He was producing when he was like 15 or something. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. So, um, one last thing uh, for me, you know, as a like I said, uh, minority, cisgender, military veteran. Like, give me three things I can do to be a better ally.
2: I know we were talking about this before we started recording, mm-hmm. um, and you're already doing it, but, uh, I think when you want to help individuals out, maybe just don't, uh, don't, don't be in the, the, the main attraction, like, Hey, everybody I'm helping women by doing this thing, or I'm helping queer people. Or, I'm helping people of color by doing this thing. It just, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to create the space, um, awesome amazing and then encourage folks Mm -hmm. encourage women to do what they got to do what they and remind them that they're capable Mm -hmm. um yeah you're there to help but also they're going to figure this out um three things three things so that's one thing um
1: we can count that as two that was yeah
2: yeah. (laughs) um and then like who's counting who's counting yeah who's counting (laughs) uh especially for people that are parents Mm
3: -hmm.
2: be cautious of the wording that you are Mm -hmm. using so you know it's not a boy thing it's not a girl thing i i would go as far as to say don't say it's a teenager thing (laughs) because i'm gonna tell you right now i like when when you make assumptions about people based on the hormones that are running through their body and you start saying like oh i guess you just think you know everything now guess what (laughs) I do (laughs) Uh, Because you know know
1: what When I was 16 I knew everything
2: Yeah well you know what Me and my sister were two very different people And we were treated Differently Mm. as well And
1: Yeah I have four children and they all have Different personalities and Their behaviors And shortfalls And successes all have Tailored responses Respectively to who they are as as humans
3: yeah
2: yeah and when when we put too much pressure on people because of our own shit right because mm-hmm. oh i don't want you to fail like why don't you want me to fail well because it'll make me uncomfortable that you're failing and i don't want you to hurt it's like <laughs> it's like when a woman is in labor and the doctor says oh i hate seeing you in pain why don't i give you that epidural like oh, I'm sorry, you hate it? <laughs> <laughs> like, I oh, I'm making you feel uncomfortable because of my own pain? Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think we have to just kind of take a step back and, and think about uh, the words in which we are using with the people around us, especially young folks, um, because they're watching and they're listening and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like as mentors, like From people the moment are making time
1: from the, from the moment they have cognition, they are paying attention.
2: Oh yeah, my my son will say things sometimes to me that I'm like, oh, "Ooh, mirror."
1: <laughs> it's like a little breathing. Uh, what was it, Alexa? <laughs> yeah, it, it records and hears everything.
3: <laughs> mom,
2: you just need to breathe. Can You breathe with me, mom.
1: Makes things seem so simple, doesn't it? Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So, awesome. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to address uh, before we cut out here?
2: Uh, I I think we just need to uh, remind ourselves that everyone is doing the best they can based on whatever their individual experience is. Mm. Just try... Speak. Speak. Oh, yep. Yeah. Just... just Meet people where they're at with empathy, and I mean, people's shit is their shit. <laughs> we have our own. Try not to distract yourself with other people's stuff so that you don't have to deal with your own. <laughs> but uh, above, <laughs> but above all, just that. Just try to be kind. Just try to be kind. I know we're freaking struggling, mm-hmm. um, but the world can. We can always use more kindness.
1: Absolutely. Well, I didn't expect any less than an amazing uh, conversation with you because I always love talking with you just about everything and nothing. But like I said, today was specifically about, you know, issues of, you know, women and non-binary DJs in the space and just having a conversation about it. Um, Who knows? Maybe one day we'll actually get to do one of these in person. But uh, before it's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. It's going to happen. Road trip. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you want to come down here or do, you, do you want us to go up to Canada? I want, I want to go there. Okay. I want,
2: yeah. I want to. I'm peacing out. Bye, Canada.
1: <laughs> but uh, hit us again with all your uh, social media. and uh, tell, Actually, tell the listeners and the viewers where they can find your music because um, she's an amazing DJ, folks. Uh, all those. I, I, I think the first time I ever encountered you was uh, on one of those YouTube fi- find the fake DJ type things. Hey. Um, so maybe, maybe I can dig that up and find the link for that as well. But I think that was the first time I encountered you. So when I actually put those two things together and realized I had seen you before, I was like, okay, she's just as badass as she was in that video. Um, but love listening to your streams, but, uh, yeah, tell folks where they can find you on social, where they can find your music. And also, uh, you got some merch, right?
3: Yes.
2: Oh my goodness. I just realized I've got my, like, don't kill my plant magnets. Cause I became a plant mama over, uh you see that I became a plant mama over the pandemic time dealing with a small infestation no big deal kind of crying myself to sleep but uh yeah uh and stickers uh because the brand's all about like don't kill my vibe I've got dare to kill my vibe you can't kill my vibe got more stuff coming um the best way to buy from me is the dm me on instagram and we'll get that all set up uh so at kill my music but if you want to hear like my live streams, you can go and watch them on Twitch. It's Twitch TV backslash Don't Kill My Vibe, and I play house and techno, and I go wacky and wonky and weird and textured. Um, I, I like it. I like
1: it when you get chunky. That's 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 my jam.
2: Chunky? Did you say?
1: Yeah, when you get chunky, I'm just like, oh, just ah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love I get oh yeah, oh yeah
1: yeah whenever whenever you're hitting that hard driving those rollers you, you just imagine me here sitting in Ohio in my office just going chugging mm, along, mm, along making the stank face yeah
2: and then and then Maddox my son will sometimes come on camera and be mm-hmm. like hi I have a yogurt <laughs> bye <laughs> and hopefully not beyond me um and yeah so Friday nights 8 p.m central time which I think is 9 p.m. for you guys
1: mm-hmm.
2: um yeah i love it i love the live stream i've been doing live streams since before there was live streams i'm pretty yeah, sure before it
1: was a thing because you used to live stream from that restaurant all the time that oh italian. yeah it was an italian restaurant
2: i think yeah 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 the pizzeria i used to always uh, like
1: it when people didn't realize you were live streaming and they would come and talk to you and you'd be like i'm streaming
3: i'm yeah, streaming yeah
2: i don't know if you want to talk about your baby poop right now we're streaming uh yeah well like even before that like i would record on my like HD video, I don't know, camera and then upload 15 minute videos to Facebook because that was like the biggest that you could upload.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
2: that crappy sound quality, was, <laughs> we were like, oh, I like this. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Twitch, Fridays, 8pm central. Um, if like if you go on my camera page, I link my link tree there. So everything's there, but yeah, I'm on SoundCloud. I really got to pay for it again. So I can put up all my music because mm-hmm. I, I should, I, I stopped paying for it when the pandemic happened. I'm like, nope. I'm going to keep this. I'm going to oh. buy more plants.
1: Well, I'm, I'm sure we could talk uh, David into uploading one of your mixes onto our uh, SoundCloud for sure.
2: I'll do a guest mix for you guys.
1: There you go. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your stories uh your passion and your love for being a dj you know a mom a, a wife you know and a, and a canadian above all else
2: <laughs> thank you i freaking love doing these interviews with you guys especially you i just feel it's, it's, it's like just a third good one that we've done together yeah yeah for sure yeah uh, i love your setup it looks good oh good only
1: <laughs> good oh sorry
2: yeah no, i know i know i just being silly <laughs>
3: yeah like
2: it, like
1: all right it, cool like well thanks again uh we'll talk soon but uh passion dj nation you know like kilman said be kind uh, the world can always use uh, a listening ear and a kind heart um wash your damn hands i love you guys i'm mowing i'm out yay all right cool awesome. <laughs>